Hey, welcome back. I'm Kim Munson, and we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. I am thrilled to have in studio with me as my guest, Mara Dude, Jay Davidson. You are the founder, chairman of the board, and CEO of First American State Bank. It's always great to have you in studio. Thanks, Kim. I'm also the janitor. Are you, <laughs> it's funny how that works in private enterprise, uh-huh, isn't it? <laughs> I do know that. I do know that. It takes it takes a lot to build a business, and it's not a nine-to-five job. It's a, it is a job where when you start these businesses, you do do everything. That's for sure. 24-7. Yeah. That's for sure. Uh, but excited to, to talk with you. You really have uh, your finger on the pulse of, of the economy and uh, wanted to just talk about government versus private enterprise. What's your and- thoughts on that, Jay? Well, first off, uh, as a uh, entrepreneur uh, and deeply into private enterprise, I think I have a clear view of the advantages of, of private enterprise, private capital, the rights to ownership, uh, private ownership. Um, and when I look at federal programs, government programs, I see most of them don't do a lot of good. Um, uh, the poverty level has stayed flat for the 60 years that the war in poverty has been in existence. But we spent m- trillions of tax dollars trying to fix that problem. And the real fix is don't let the government try to fix it because they can't. And they've proven that. Let private enterprise fix it. And they have done that time and time again. Uh, when Reagan, uh, Ronald Reagan was president and Tip O'Neill, a Democrat, was the head of the House, <clears throat> or Senate, I can't remember which, uh, they, we got one of the best um, pro-business fiscal policies in place that we've ever had in our, uh, since our start. The other time, uh, believe it or not, was Bill Clinton and Newt Gingrich. Mm-hmm. Again, posting parties, but they were able to come together and Newt's uh, contract for America uh, really was a brilliant uh, fiscal policy move. So I've seen both sides, and in in banking, I get to see the entrepreneur try and start his business or build his business or sell his business or her business, and uh, you get to see the the effects of free enterprise at work. Well, I have a question for you, because I was talking with a friend recently, and we were talking about, I mean, socialism is, you know, all all the rage right now. Right. There is nothing social about socialism. Ultimately, socialism comes down to force. Tyranny, yes, Tyranny absolutely. And force. Yeah, but but they wrapped this all up in a. And somebody said to me recently, a public relations campaign. It's a public relations campaign. They're not going to ever be able to deliver that. But they play on people's fears. And, and this friend of mine said, but but there's some people that just can't take care of themselves, and then that makes the case for a government program. Right. What would you say to them, Jay? Uh, first off, I would say that it is. Both Democrats and Republicans have a tendency, whether they know it or not, to default to let someone else solve that problem. Yeah. It's too big for me. I can't, you know, it's just so bad. I can't solve it. So let's create a bill. Let, let's tax some more people. Let's create a program. And I'd ask everybody out there, Republican, Democrat, Independent, uh, Libertarian, to think about that statement before you start implementing it. And s- because the government would be more than happy to create a program, employ more bureaucrats, uh, and then also tax you to death and your business to death. 
The unintended consequences of that action is the destruction of free enterprise, the destruction of the golden goose, of the goose that lays the golden egg, which is capitalism. And the the beauty of capitalism is that it self-generates itself through profits. Nothing else can do that. The federal government does not do that. They generate their profits, their income, through taxation by taking it away from other people, from other businesses. Mm -hmm. The best solution for just about any problem, short of infrastructure, our roads, bridges, our uh, interstate commerce uh, laws, etc., and the military, that has to be the government. That's why we have a, reluctantly, I might add, have a government. But the size and scope of the federal government today is beyond imagining. The numbers are so enormous, you can't get your head around them. We're $23 trillion in, $22 trillion going on $23 trillion in, in debt. And that doesn't include the unfunded commitments like Social Security and uh, Medicare and Medicaid that we've made that we're, we have to pay for. So, and the size, the number of employees in the federal government has grown exponentially to now uh, well over 40% of the nation has at least, <clears throat> excuse me, one family member involved in the federal bureaucracy. Now, that's a major voting block mm-hmm. for anybody that says, I'm going to give you a job. I'm going to take it money away from the rich people. And guess what, folks? Uh, everybody listening to this program is a rich person in their mind. You're going to get nailed by taxation. So I, my answer to them is, yes, I, I admit that if you show me an individual, and you can do that very easily, who needs help, then I, my heart is going to bleed for them, and I'm going to want to help them. I get that. But your answer, Mr. Democrat, Mr. Leftist, is not the right answer. It's not another government program. It's free enterprise, people. It, it's letting the, the private business and the private individual handle that kind of a problem. Because after all, when it's all said and done, you do not have a right to health care. You do not have a right to a great life. But you do have the opportunity in this nation, like no other nation, to build your life, to build your business, to build your own opportunity into whatever you want. So you have that right of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And that used to be the ownership of private property, but Jefferson was voted down. Well, and I always wondered if at that point that they put in a pursuit of happiness because they were struggling with that whole slavery question. Correct. And so I think, I think, you're right. I think that's yeah. probably why they went to happiness, just because they wanted to, you know, and they did address it. That's another thing I'd like to mention is that this little country, those little 13 colonies that are hanging on the eastern seaboard, within 70-plus years— we, we had a civil war to try to answer that question. Slavery has been prevalent throughout history. In all countries, all nations, all times. All countries, all nations. It still exists today. In fact, the people that are, are talking about slavery here in the United States, again, the socialists, you think that if they were really serious about it, they would work on trying, trying to eradicate that in other countries as well. But it's absolutely astounding that this little country, because they—, they they, they realized how important it was that people have that right of life, liberty, pr- pursuit of happiness, that they worked that out within about 75 years. It's pretty amazing. Exactly right. And I said, if you want reparations, I'm all in favor of it. And anybody that owned a slave should pay anybody that was a slave today. 
<laughs> you know, actually, I think I might do an op-ed because <laughs> my my grandmother, my, my great-grandmother, at least this is the way the family story goes, is that she came to America as a, basically an indentured servant. She worked for a family in Omaha mm-hmm. to work off her her uh, ship's Travel. passage. Right. And so I'm thinking, I wonder who I need to send the bill to in Omaha. <laughs> what do you think about well, that? Whoever's alive today from that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it, it is truly amazing to, uh, and you kind of hit this, but that is private property. That is another thing that made America so unique is, you know, I, I think they kind of said, hey, what if government got out of the way, king got out of the way, dictator got out of the way, and that everyday people could actually work and keep most of the fruits of their labor? And I submit to you, Jay Davidson, that, that, that we are living off the fruits of those, those policies today in America. I agree totally with that. And the fact of the matter is we, we uh, complain about our country, but I'm complaining about the direction that it's taking, not about the country itself, not about the idea of a constitutional republic, and not about the idea of capitalism, because capitalism naturally f- flows from a constitutional republic, if you think about it. Uh, the the whole idea of the republic is protection of the individual. That, and that's why the United States is not a democracy. At no point in any of the documents, the Constitution, Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, is the term democracy used. In fact, the Founding Fathers understood what democracy is. It's the rule of the many over the few. It's tyranny, and it has the same characteristics as fascism, communism, and socialism. It's a destructive form of government, and that's why they chose not to do that. So, constitutional republic. The constitution is, means rule of law, rule by law. And republic means a group of individuals that decide to get together and work together for a common good. Um, and that is, that is the um, or origin of the whole idea of capitalism. I mean, capitalism has always existed, but the fact that democracy protects the individual, and its sole function of the Constitutional Republic is to protect the rights of the individual. So it's the Republic that protects the individual, right? You said democracy. Oh, I'm sorry. I Thank you. Okay. I totally missed that. Okay. Um, I was wrong there. It is the Republic. First time. Yeah, no, many times. <laughs> First time I admitted it. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> no, but it's, it's the whole idea of the Republic that uh, is directed at, at protecting the individual and the way that the republic protects the individual is very simple. If you look at all of the uh, amendments to the Bill of Rights, mm-hmm. the First Amendments to the Constitution, every one of them limits the federal government. Or it ascribes certain rights, like the right to uh, arm yourself, mm-hmm. uh, to the individual. And why would they say the individual can arm himself? Well, think about where they were in 1776 when they were trying to break away from the most powerful nation, the most uh, incredible war machine in the history of the world at that time, Great Britain. What they did was they took up arms, little single-shot muskets against the biggest army in the world, and they protected their nation through a Second Amendment right. Now, that right, that Second Amendment right, does not really exist in Great Britain to this day. Well, and it, it uh, for some reason, there seems to be a real assault on that particular. Well, actually, there's a lot of assaults on the Bill of Rights in America today. Let's go to break, Jay Davidson. When we come back, let's continue this conversation. This is Kim Munson, and we'll be right back.
morning. Welcome back. I'm Kim Munson, and we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Thrilled to have in studio with me Jay Davidson. He is the founder, chairman of the board, CEO of First American State Bank. The conversations are always so rich. Thank you so much, Jay, for being here. Thank you, Kim. I appreciate what you're doing for everybody here with what you're doing. Well, thank you. Uh, It's truly uh, on my heart to do something, and, and we need to be having these conversations And the goal is to think about these big ideas so that we can talk with our friends, our family, and our colleagues about these issues that we're facing. So in the last segment, we were talking about the American idea, and capitalism is one of the the kind of foundational things about the American idea. And I'd mentioned to you a friend of mine that said, you know, know, what if somebody can't take care of themselves? And as you mentioned, the next thing people say is somebody should do something. And then many times they look at the government as... The, the entities should do that. And to that point, government programs don't have to have results. Exactly. And they just continue on. So what would you say regarding this person that can't help themselves? First off, uh, I would say, okay, you help them. You spend your money. You, you get in there, you go mow their lawn, or you go take care of their kids, or whatever it is that that person needs. Do it. Don't rely on the federal government. The government's more than happy to tell you, a politician's more than happy to tell you, sure, I'll solve your problem. He'll do it or she'll do it by taxing you more, by taking more of your earnings away from you. And there's a negative feedback loop that happens when the federal bureaucracy grows and grows and grows. Individuals get taxed more and businesses get taxed more and then they charge individuals more for their products and commodities. That takes away from the individual um, the, the earnings capacity that they have, the ability to take care of their own family, uh, and to the point where uh, when businesses are overtaxed, they can do a couple of things. And when the wealthy are overtaxed, they can do a couple of things. And we've seen this during the Barack Obama years. Businesses shut down. They stopped growth. They moved out of the United States. Um, businesses didn't start up. I told you this uh, during the eight years of Barack Obama. Uh, normally, 100 to 125 commercial banks would be started. They're called the Novos. Uh, during the entire eight years, now that's 100, 125 per year. During that entire eight years of Barack Obama, two bank charters were, were created during that entire eight years. And I can't tell you how much business didn't get started because it's a negative. But I know that a great number of businesses didn't start because the taxes were too high. And then I'd say to people, look at the end results of the government program. How effective is that? Um, I, you know, I, I like the idea of the war on drugs, but you know what? didn't work. In fact, the cartels have gotten more powerful. Afghanistan is now the heroin producer of the world. Um, the war on poverty has been a total and absolute failure. Somebody but, got rich off the uh, war on poverty. Amen. And the war on drugs. And the and war on every drugs. Other one, every, every other one of these things, these social justice warrior ideas that sound so good in the soundbite, that get your blood boiling and your heart pumping, and lets these basic do-gooders, I'll be kind, um, uh, feel good about themselves at the expense of everybody else. And that's, I think, what we're all, we 
older folks. I include only myself in that statement. You're <laughs> still it. a young Watch lady. <laughs> You're still very young. Um, uh, why we complain about America. And yet I, I, I talk to my friends about this, and I get a little tired of hearing them complain. It's like, really? You're complaining about what you did? And they say, what? What did I do? I didn't vote for Barack Obama. No, but did you vote for this politician that just agreed to take the debt limit off? to put us further into debt? Did you vote for this guy? Did you go to him and say, all right, I'll contribute to your campaign, but I want to know that you're going to keep a lid on government spending? Because look at folks, government spending, taxes, they go together. They're one and the same. So, you know, people have to get take responsibility for their actions. Well, and just recently, uh, Congress passed it, and the president signed an increase in the debt limit, right? Yeah, they and took the ceiling off. They took the ceiling off for two, is it for two years? Two years. So that means that they're off to the races, or could be off to the races on, on government spending. And, you know, we talked in the last segment about the American idea, and something that I think is inherent in the American idea is that we want to pass something better on to our children. Mm-hmm. You know, and you think about the Patriots, the the Revolutionary War, they put it all on the line for freedom. Mm -hmm. You know, you go to the Civil War, they put it all on the line for freedom. You think about the other conflicts and wars, but World War I, World War II, where we stood against tyranny, and they put it all on the line, you know, blood, treasure, the whole works, to pass on something good to the next generation. And our generation, Jay, what we're thinking about doing is passing on a big, fat IOU to the next generation. I think there's something inherently immoral about that. Totally agree with you. Um, we don't, a lot of people don't pay attention to the debt levels because they're not feeling it yet. But that debt has to be paid back at some point in time, or the United States would default on that debt. But can you imagine the United States not paying back the Treasury when it's presented for uh, redemption? That would destroy our country, it would bankrupt our economy. It would take us out of the world picture. That's one of the most powerful tools, more powerful than a war. Because, you know what, we got weapons. We can fight the other guys. We're, we are handing the other guys a noose that we put around our neck called debt. And I'm so incredibly disappointed at the Republicans and at, at Trump, who might actually do like what he's done for the most part. But in this situation, he is a, a drunken sailor, and I'm insulting drunken sailors, by the way, just like the Bushes were and just like a lot of Republicans are and all the Democrats are and have been. So let's wake up here. I mean, <clears throat> you, we the people get to vote in the politicians. We the people need to get active and tell the politicians to stop spending our grandkids' money. Stop forcing them into this incredible debt that will kill them, kill the economy, and make it impossible for them to earn a living and get a better uh, chance at life than we had. Well, and we do have to get this spending in line. And, you know, I think that we're all going to have to do something about that because Social Security, I think, is unsustainable at this particular point in time. We're all, you know, bumping up on, on those ages. And, you know, there's that cost of living uh, increment in there. And I think that we're actually going to have to have a hard conversation with ourselves and say, would I be willing to take a haircut on social security and at least start to work on that spending? I think that we have the moral obligation to do that, Jay. 
Yeah, um, Social Security was created um, by a relatively leftist president, Roosevelt. Um, and it, I, I'd like to, I'd really like to know how much did I pay as an individual, and the mm-hmm. government can do this. How much did I pay in over all these 50, 60 years I've been working? And what is my benefit going to be, say, if I live for another 10, 15 years? What's that relationship? Because in Social Security, you have a unique situation where you have paid additional monies into the program. Medicare, Medicaid, welfare, you didn't pay anything in for that stuff, or very little. And or you're Medicare getting, you did, didn't you? Isn't there a payroll Medicare, tax? Yeah, I think yeah, but there Medicaid is a, not. Yeah, okay, got it. That's a good point. I, yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah, I should look at my paycheck and see that deduction yeah. on it. You're right. So in the situation of welfare and Medicaid, you didn't pay anything in. And the unfunded commitments, the commitments that the federal government has made but not set aside money for, is like another, what, some, something like $100-plus trillion on all these uh, four programs that we talked about, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and welfare. So we don't have just a $22 trillion current debt. We have, with the unfunded commitment, we have a $120 trillion debt structure that we're not even addressing. So every time you say, well, the government's going to solve my problem, and uh, if, they, if they're going to raise taxes, it's going to happen. They're going to raise regulatory duties and, and costs for doing business, and they're going to then create a negative feedback loop that destroys the private economy, that subverts the entire reason that our country was built, which is to protect the individual, and that is going to destroy uh, the very thing, capitalism, that makes us great. Well, and people say that that can't happen here. You look at Venezuela. I remember when Venezuela was a thriving, prosperous country, and now people are waiting in line for toilet paper and food. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think that could happen here? Absolutely. That, that's the path to socialism, communism, fascism, and democracy. That is the ultimate path that we're walking down right now. Well, and that is why, Jay Davidson, that we are having these conversations. We want to help people get their brains around these important issues so that they can talk with their friends and their family and their colleagues. Not, you know, not fighting, not rant and, and uh, all the rhetoric. If you understand the issues then you can speak calmly, and I think you can start to influence and persuade others. I agree with that, and uh, I think we have to all calm the rhetoric, the hate, the vitriol down and listen to each other. I, I'll probably never agree with a leftist. In fact, I will never agree with a leftist. Uh, but uh, I, with a Democrat, yeah, I could agree with a Democrat. Mm-hmm. With a libertarian, you bet I could. In fact, I have more in common with a libertarian today than I do my own Republican Party. Because my Republicans have abandoned our principles of a constitutional republic, I think, with this spending nonsense that these people have gotten us into. Well, we have got to continue this conversation about this. Jay Davidson, founders, chairman of the board and CEO of First American State Bank, thank you so much. Thank you, Kim.